Welcome back to the Money Clip Podcast. Your hosts, Raymond Brown and David Evans. How's it going, David? Hey, what's up, Raymond? Going good, man. Another day. So let's keep pushing this dollar forward. Excellent. So today we're going to talk about why are you angel investing? Absolutely. And I think that this is a good question, period, because a, a lot of people probably get engaged in, in private private equity or public equity without a, a, a real reason why. So they can't really define a goal. Right. And if you can't define a goal, you're just kind of kind of going to float around to a bunch of different strategies, kind of chasing a bunch of different companies. I'm sure, you know, some angel investors that do this, they kind of just chase home runs without even knowing why they want that. So what are some of the key things you would say, Raymond, that you should be looking for as far as a why? Like what what do you see or, or what do you define when, when you're looking for a, a why, like the reason you angel invest? Yeah, you know, that's a great question, David. So at least from my perspective, you know, I like to ask myself, what am I looking to gain? You know, whenever you do anything in life, you're always, you should always question yourself, you know, what it is that you're looking to gain from this particular relationship or this particular situation. Uh, and and in, this, in this sense, it's going to be in this investment. Right. And, you know, it could be uh, that you're really looking to support the founder. Um and you can kind of base it off of what type of securities will be offered, whether it's just a debt or maybe uh, it's going to be um, common stock that is given to you because if it's going to give you this debt or a safe, it's a possibility it might not convert. But you're you're typically in it uh, because you want to support the founder, right? Okay. But you have to know uh, prior to you doing any type of investment what it is you're looking to gain from this particular experience or this particular situation. You know, at least for me, I know that whatever business I do decide to invest in, there's a certain multiplier that I'm looking for. And there's a certain type of founder and or business that I feel more comfortable investing in. And sometimes I might move away from that if I really think that there's something interesting about this particular product or this particular service that might have more value that I don't see right now, but it might have in the future. Okay. Now... With that, uh, just just coming from a public market perspective, I know that you can't win in the public market without an edge and without a strategy. Okay, so since you have a why on what you're looking to gain, have you found that um, combining strategies are effective or do you think it's better to kind of carve out your niche and the type of angel investor you're going to be? Like if you had to define the type of angel investor you were going to be and specialize it for our listeners and myself, how, how would you describe that? Uh, you know, that's, it's, there's a couple ways you can think about it, right? So you can say, I'm going to go ahead and specialize or kind of be more attracted to a software as a service type of businesses. Um, and then if you do that, then you know that there's certain VCs, venture capital firms, um, or even other angels that might have a portfolio or deal flow, meaning that the companies that are usually given to them are going to be companies in this particular space it might be a little advantageous for you. But you have to also remember, though, if you become too narrow, then you're possibly missing out on other opportunities just because it doesn't really fit your niche. And that can be harmful uh, in some ways. And that's why even when you see, like, you know, you watch Shark Tank episodes, they don't necessarily just always go for tech companies. Sometimes they actually pay for companies that kind of specialize uh, in the consumer, consumer brands, um, like, you know, your, your, your alcohol beverages, uh, or your or your clothing clothing brands, 
um, or things that might seem really, really niche. And what you'll see is a lot of times uh, those those companies, um, even though it might not be able to scale to the capacity of a software as a service and, you know, really be able to get the margins down, but they can get the margins down low enough to really start reaping in a profit and actually still make millions, millions of dollars. So you you have to, from my perspective, it's it's beneficial to one, yes, understand that there's a certain sector that you want to specialize in. Uh, and you want to do a lot of product um, product research on um, and, and see what type of other angel investors are in that same space and kind of not mimic, but kind of watch what they do um, and see what type of offers or deals they're, they're working with and what those uh, term sheets are looking like and see maybe if the deals that you're working with and the particular sector that you're in, if they're comparable uh, under the same sector. And if it's not under the same sector, then, you know, kind of still remain flexible because you would hate to, you know, miss out on a, on a big opportunity just because it doesn't necessarily fit your uh, investment investment thesis or investment strategy. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. And with with that, uh, do you define once once you're in investment and if it's your strategy, do you define what you're looking to get out of that investment as far as a gain before you get in, or are you a little bit more flexible with possible growth or decline of a sector or a specific company? Yeah, you know, I'm I'm always trying to define what it is I'm looking for, no matter what sector the company or the business is operating in. There's there's a certain expectation that I'm thinking um, this particular business uh, might be able to execute at, and that doesn't necessarily that doesn't necessarily mean that um, that's always what I'm thinking all the time. It's just a lot of the time that's what I'm thinking. But sometimes it can just come down to the founder. You know, if the founder is, you know, rock solid, you know, man or woman, um, then I might go ahead and invest in that particular sector and not necessarily worry about uh, being a thousand next company or a 10,000 next company or or what have you. But I know that this is someone that I might want to, you know, either work with or can imagine myself working with. And they have the dedication, the passion and technical technical expertise in that particular field to get the job done. And sometimes that alone uh, can kind of move me away from the X multiplier that I'm usually looking for because they're such a rock star. Okay. Well, that kind of leads right into the next question, but I'll, I'll pivot a little bit just to ask you, uh, have you ever found yourself where you know the founder is, is a rock star, as you say, incredible work ethic, very intelligent, um, very personal, great emotional intelligence, all that stuff. You need to be a leader and a founder of a company, but they're just they're just in the wrong spot at the wrong time. You know what I mean? Have you ever have you ever come across that like uh, trying to start a video store, or you know what I mean, trying to make the next Uber, or you know, it's something like that where you're like everything this guy or woman is doing is on brand. You know what I mean? Like, but the sector is just either a too controlled they're trying to start a startup e-commerce against amazon or something like that or b it's not a it's not a necessity for people anymore trying to start a taxi company or something like that have you ever have you ever ran into that uh, while investing in private companies so excuse me so yes and and no um and and i said that because i've heard of stories uh, for example, um, the, the the original founder or co-founder um, of YouTube, 
he went out and made a, a, a uh, software as a service application or app um, for smart devices that kind of operated and functioned like Instagram before Instagram was even a thing. Oh, wow. Right. Yeah. Um, and it will, it went for a few years and then it just, they closed up shop and this guy, you know, made YouTube like, and YouTube was super, super successful. I mean, granted, they had to sell to uh, sell to Google yeah, as everybody uh, does, Google. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, for I think it was like a, a billion dollars. Yeah, um, and because, you know, Google had the infrastructure, right. Google had the money, Google yeah. had, you know, the lawyers. And they can run it at YouTube a loss. Is, you know, exactly. In YouTube, you need lawyers. Right. So I, I think at that particular time, you know, those people had a great idea. Um, and really, really before their time, and Google saw the opportunity to come in and kind of save the day almost. And, you know, that that was a great, great payday for that particular founder. And he tried to move on to Instagram. But you got to remember, when we're thinking about the smartphone and some of the apps that came out, when the iPhone really, really started pushing forward, those companies were only really successful because of the infrastructure or the hardware attached uh the hardware that was available and the software that was compatible compatible for the hardware at that time which allowed these applications to thrive and if like steve jobs and his team engineering if they didn't create the iphone the way that they did when they did it we wouldn't have the ubers you wouldn't have the instagrams you know we'll probably still have facebook and things like that but we gotta think what's the premise behind these these particular companies and what's the software um that is needed in order for these particular uh, applications to function um, attractively, right? And I think about Uber and the, the GPS um, capabilities um, and the APIs being used to kind of like tell this other application or this other function, do another function in order to kind of watch a vehicle move on the application itself. Like that's amazing technology. And if it wasn't for the iPhone uh, and the creativity um, and, the, and the expertise of the original, you know, CEO of Uber, then we probably wouldn't have it today. And the same thing goes for Instagram. If Instagram didn't have the iPhone, um, and and the the iPhone really created an atmosphere for these companies to thrive. And uh, it's it's not necessarily enough to have the great idea, and it's not necessarily enough. It's not necessarily enough to be in a certain sector or or, or a certain niche. Uh, to be successful, you have to have you know the all three. You need to have mm-hmm. the the timing. You need to have the the particular uh, CEO, co-founder. Um, you need to have the infrastructure, um, and then also the timing. So you need to have all those things um, and a little bit of luck, you know, in order to really get your business moving in the way that you need it to go. Okay, okay. I like I like that answer a lot. So move, moving in right into this then. Is it the idea that makes the company or is it the company that makes the idea? Well, you know, we can, we can, you know, think of like a a pizza, right? Like, is it the sauce or is it the cheese or is it the person in the back in the kitchen, you know, putting it together? Right. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it's a combination. Um, And, and sometimes the idea, uh, can it, the idea by itself cannot be enough um and then the company uh is is the, the people or the individuals that are kind of implementing this idea 
Um, so I would definitely say that one, it starts with the, the founders um, who originated the business um, and, and whose idea is it really? Is it, is it just the CEO or is the co-founder and CEO on the same accord and they, and they have the same vision um, as to what it is they want to accomplish? Um, and then from there, does that idea work right now? You know, uh, because not all ideas are, you know, everyone thinks they have a great idea, right? But if your idea is to, you know, create Uber during the pandemic, I like to refer to that because it's so easy to make the correlation between yeah. the two. If, you're, if your idea was to create Uber now, everyone would be like, yo, what are you talking about? Like, if we have COVID-19, we have, you know, we don't really have any legitimate vaccinations yet. You know, everyone's kind of working from home. How much money are you going, are you thinking you want to make in this particular, you know, arena right now? You know, who's going to be your customer? No one's really going anywhere. And if they are going somewhere, they're driving with friends and family that they know have been tested or uh, at least feel safe because they don't want to be around strangers who they don't know. So they're, they're equal. They're, I don't want to say they're equally important. Um, but depending on the, the time, the day and the era, um, the idea can weigh heavy. But, you know, it really starts with the company and, and who wants to who's going to be the one that's going to implement the idea, because ideas change. Absolutely. You know, ideas change. And if the company is not doesn't have the ability or the, uh, the tenacity to uh, create a pivot in order to be successful um, and kind of, you know, grab their you know boots by the bootstrap and say hey you know let's, let's let's get this thing working let's let's use the funds that we have to do x y and z and this is where we're going to move and this is going to be the the determined factor to make sure we're successful okay that makes sense now how far ahead do you have to look as a as an angel investor compared to the company so like it's the company that you're looking at they have this great idea and maybe you know you, you see an opportunity to make some money however if you're going to be with a company for 10 years, right? Like how uh, far ahead do you need to be able to apply either their niche, their consumer good or their technology to, to like growth, right? Like how, how big can this get? Is it actually worth the investment? Is that, is that something you do or do you kind of play it company by company? Uh, yeah. So company by company. And I also have that, that thought process, right? Because, it's all going to be relative to which round of funding that I'm investing in. Um, and what is going to be the horizon um, that I'm expecting for that particular company. So to give you an example, if I think that, uh, let's say there's a, a, a company that, that delivers stuff, let's just say deliver.com. Right? Okay. And deliver.com, uh, is on Series D and they plan to go public soon during the pandemic. I'm going to think that I'm going to be able to invest a lot in this company, maybe just to get a quick, you know, 5X or 4X return because I know the upside potential having a delivery.com during a pandemic is going to have a high probability of getting enough funding to, to do an IPO or to do a direct listing. And that way, within a year or so, I'll be able to cash out my investments. Now, when I'm thinking about artificial intelligence and machine learning, I think that's going to be a growing, growing uh, field. And because of that, I'm willing to invest in companies that are just starting out, that are really trying to help utilize uh, the technologies behind uh, machine learning, 
um, and artificial intelligence uh, for whatever facet they're trying to utilize the technology for. Because I know that it's, it's kind of already been used. Um, people are trying to make the AI smarter. Um, they're really trying to uh, make programs that, you know, automate processes or processes, however you want to pronounce it, um, in order to uh, reduce costs, um, reduce people that they need to actually press the keys on, or complete the function because it's more cost effective, right? So I know that's going to be a sector that is going to be continuously, you know, built upon just the way the same way the internet is continue, the internet is uh, continuing to grow and expand. Okay, so when investing, the type of investment it is, meaning the type of company you're investing in, is, uh, goes a long way into you thinking like what what can this company do next, or is this um, a short term, medium term, or long term investment as far as the type of progress you want to see from the the company from the underlying? Is that correct? <clears throat> Yes, that's okay. correct. Yeah. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. That, I mean, that that kind of sums it up. I mean, now I do I do have one question to ask you. When it comes to uh, venture capitalism or angel investors, right? Kind of kind of one and the same, just on a larger scale. Uh, can you be extremely uh, niche or specialized? Saying like I'm I'm only doing startup tech. Right, or I only do startup consumer goods, or I only do deliverables, or I only do AI, or I own. Does that really exist similar to public markets, or is angel investing yeah. more kind of you just look for the best opportunities regardless of the type of company? Right, yeah. So, um, it's, it's a loaded question, but I'll, I'll try to break it down so the listeners get a, a good understanding as to what and how it works, right? So, for every single venture capital firm, uh, they, they predominantly invest in certain size rounds. And what I mean by that is, or stages in a company. So you have certain companies that only invest in pre-seed and seed rounds. And you have some companies who invest in pre-seed, seed, um, and series A rounds. And then you have some companies who kind of dabble a little bit in the pre-seed, they kind of dabble a little bit in, in the A round. And then pre-IPO. And then you have some companies that are really just focused on the growth round um, and the late stage, uh, late stage rounds uh, prior to the company doing IPO. So you, for one, you got to understand what it is that particular VC. Uh, this is from um, the entrepreneur uh, standpoint. You got to understand uh, what particular VC company that, you're, that you want to work with and why do you want to work with them. Uh, and does that align with what goals or aspirations you have for your business? And is that a sector that that particular venture capitalist or venture capital firm usually invest in, um, whether it be that, that round itself, whether it be seed or pre-seed, or is it actually and or uh, based on what it is that you're offering as a service, is that something that they're interested in? Because uh, just because you have a great idea, just because you have revenue, it doesn't necessarily mean that the, the VC that you want is going to want you because you're not going to be in uh, their, their crystal ball of, uh, you know, the type of companies they, they would imagine themselves investing into. And then you have angel investors. So angel investors, they're these amazing people, you know, because a lot of times they, they'll dabble in late rounds and they'll dabble in, you know, early rounds, um, depending on the angel investor. But a lot of angel investors, 
um, from my experience, they're looking for, you know, five, six, seven years um, in order for their particular investment to um, kind of uh, finish out. And what I mean by finish out is, you know, get their equity, you know, get a nice return um, and, and chill on the beach somewhere. Uh, but it, it's all real, it's all dependent on the age group. Now, if you're an older angel investor, you might be more so focused on the, the Series B or Series D round because you're like, hey, well, I don't have enough time to wait 10 more right. years. I'm already 50 years old. You know, so maybe I want to focus on the Series D and Series C companies. That's going to probably go public in the next four, uh, four to six years. Um, and then for that, at least you can kind of, you know, uh, experience um, some type of return uh, by that time. And, you know, at least for me, I, I'll invest in different stages, especially if I really like the company. Sometimes I might think a company's too rich. Um, but if I really do like it, I will I will make the investment and I will wait, you know, the four or five years uh, that it takes to, you know, kind of go public or do a direct listen or acquisition. Um, but I'll also invest into that that very, very, very early stage because that's where you're going to see most of your, you know, 25,000 percent or a million percent or what have you, um, because you allow that company um, to to grow into what it is to today. To kind of give you an example, if you thought about Airbnb, when it raised this round at three million and now it's worth 20 something billion or 30 billion or whatever it is, you can imagine the multiplier, you know, how far, how far your thousand dollars would go at three million as opposed to how far your how far your thousand dollars would go at a one billion yeah. valuation. Yeah, it's night and day. It's right. difference between a vacation and owning a yacht right there. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly correct. Yeah, absolutely, man. absolutely. Well, yeah, that that's, that kind of breaks it down pretty well, Raymond, on just the type. Now, the, the one question I, I do want to, before we get out of here, I did want to ask one thing kind of off the cuff. When investing in public markets, you always have a profit target, right? So you always know, how much you're going to lose if the trade goes wrong and how much you're going to make if it goes right. Well, you should, you should. Now in the private sector mm -hmm. is, is that possible to define that uh, before you enter or do you just consider your entire investment, the risk capital, so to speak? Honestly, you, the, the, the safest way is to be hit or miss and that's it. Okay. <laughs> that's the that's the best way you can think about it because the space is uh it's super super high risk um and you know it's it, it's better than the lottery but you know you can you can almost probably compare it to it because there's new businesses being created every single day um and there's everyone who thinks their idea is amazing um and there's some people who have relationships that will kind of give them a foot up but it doesn't necessarily guarantee success so there is there there should be an idea as to what you're looking to make, but you have to understand that that's what you're looking to make. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to get there or even get halfway there. Um, and you're hoping for a legitimate acquisition or at least get your money back if possible um, while you when you make that investment. Uh, but you got to understand it's either it's either hit or miss in the angel investment. Okay, sector. okay, that's nice and simple. I can live with that. <laughs> <laughs> for sure yeah definitely definitely all right well you know i'm glad we're able to reconnect again 
Um, you know, we have some amazing founders coming on this Absolutely. week. Super, super excited. Super excited about that. You know, I've been, you know, using the Twitter platform, you know, really frequently and seeing a lot, see a lot of the action that the VCs are doing. I'm getting so much uh, more knowledge and building relationships uh, in that facet. Uh, and I just, I just, I'm really glad everyone's coming out to support. You know, we're over a thousand listens. Um, we, we'll be knocking on 2,000, you know, hopefully before, hopefully before the end of the month. You know, so if anyone has any additional questions, please feel free to email us at moneyclippodcast at gmail.com. Uh, or you can go to our Instagram pages, click on our Trinkly, and it has our, our LinkedIn and a bunch of information about, you know, some of the things that we've done on our pages. Uh, and uh, we plan to, you know, make the website so you all can come on and see all the angel investments me and David have have made and even some of our public yes, investments um, and see and see how successful, you know, uh, the, um, the 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 Kung Fu master of uh, day <laughs> trades, the, David, <laughs> David Evans, you know. So thank you again. Uh, me and David are truly uh, blessed to have everyone coming here and listening to our podcast. Uh, everyone stay safe. Thank you, guys.